All right, happy Friday, y'all. Today, we're going to actually break down slash celebrate slash talk about our five-year anniversary, our party, and uh, we had a member outing. We do member outings once a quarter here at Functional Lifestyles, and we had a celebrated our five-year anniversary one last weekend. Um, it was amazing. It was a great turnout. We probably had over 100, 120 people here, food, drinks, socializing, long day, long nights. Um but yeah, I really wanted to kind of dive a little bit into this because I got so many good questions and so much good feedback and support from our members and the team and so on. And a lot of questions like kept popping up, you know, like what wanted, what was like the reason you wanted to open up a business? What were some of the things you've learned in the last five years? What's the growth and what's the plan look like? So I thought I was like, okay, you know what, for, you know, for me a lot with social media, I try to treat this as like a documentation process and really allow me to not only just freestyle and vent and talk about things to help other people, but more importantly for me, it's like, it's a nice Rolodex of things always come back to and kind of, and when you, when you recap a lot of these things, it kind of makes it easier for you to stay grateful, right? And I, I've learned this about just writing or journaling sometimes or just getting things out um, or even talking about these things, right? And this is something for you guys to think about as well is like, don't be afraid to celebrate your wins, right? Don't be afraid to talk about your highlights. Don't be afraid to talk about your struggles and your failures because getting those things out gets you to appreciate it more, gets you to really validate it more, gets you to learn from it more. Um, and that's what today's podcast is going to be about, right? It was we made it to five years. It's a big win for me. Um, you know, I one of the shows that I like to watch, Business Retreat, they say that 5% of businesses only make it to five years. I'm not really sure if that's true or not, but let's just pretend it is. Um, for me, that's awesome, right? Like to think about as a small business owner to make it to five years and what's what's happened over the course of five years and the many lessons I've learned and the many failures and setbacks maybe that I've had that are in the acute form. Um, but overall, definitely a lot of growth and a lot of wins and very, very happy and successful where we're at as a team, where we're at personally as myself, as a business and so forth, right? So I kind of wanted to open up with, you know, how Functional Lifestyle started, a little bit of recap for those people maybe that are not you know newer to the podcast and listening, some of the things I've learned in the last five years, and then just kind of finish it off and cap off at the end with uh, what's the plan? Where are we going from here? So for me, you know, I got this question probably the most actually, second to growth, um, was like, how did you start Functional Lifestyles? Why did you start Functional Lifestyles? Um, did you always want to own a gym? Uh, those are questions that came up a lot from members and significant others of members and things like that um, last weekend. And for me to kind of just jump right into it, like when I was 16 years old, I remember when I first got into the gym at 15, I was like 14, 15, something like that. Um, first time in the gym, right? I was playing a lot of sports my entire life, but actually going into the gym with my parents, um, I fell in love with it right away. Like immediately I was just like, you know, I, I saw the attraction that my parents had towards it. Um, my mom, you know, teached aerobics. My dad was big into fitness. And so for me, I was kind of already just surrounded by it environment wise, family wise. Um, but when I got into the gym, I really just like truly fell in love with it, right? Like for me, it's like, you know, the typical bodybuilding stuff and going in and spending an hour to kind of go earn your day. And we did it first thing in the morning generally as a family, or we do it on the weekends when I first started working out. Um, and I'm not joking. I literally just like fell in love with it right away. And I was one of those lucky few that just like, I was like, this is what I want to do for work. Like, this is what I want to spend my time doing. Um, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, getting sidetracked in my late teens, early twenties, but I never really left the industry, right? Like I've always been kind of a part of this industry and I've been working in it for now 13, 14 years, right? So over the course from, you know, my first job being around 17, 18 in the gym, and then before I opened up the gym at 25, 26, something like that, um, you know, I spent 
six to eight years working in the industry and I definitely worked in a lot of different jobs and a lot of different gyms. So, you know, from the small micro gym to doing independent stuff from personal training, from management to sales, um, to the big Globo gym, Equinox was where I finished off and spent my last three years of my career there from 23 to 26 or whatever it was. Um, and the cool thing about getting exposure, and this is something I definitely preach to anybody that has like any ambition to want to open up a business or start their own thing. Uh, or even just be really successful as an employee inside of a job, like the more lessons and, you know, exposure you can get to different management styles and different gyms and different structures and different, you know, uh, demographics, the better. Um, and you really have to just create a lot of awareness behind the pros and the cons of all those things, right? Like what are some of the things that made this gym super successful? What are some of those, you know, the things that made this manager um, very likable or really successful or like all the different pieces, right? So the whole game has to be broken down from the gym to the management to the clients you like to the training styles you appreciated. So, you know, over the course of that time frame, I started to really peel apart what I loved and what I disliked and what I didn't want to do and what I really wanted to do. And, you know, obviously one of the coolest things about starting your own thing is uh, it's building it around what you like, right? And it's not like just build it and hopefully they will come. It's like there's a little bit of obviously an accommodation to what does the client need. Um, and that's obviously generally how I build most of the business around functional lifestyles is like, what do I think is going to be the ideal thing for the consumer, right? Like what's going to be the thing that's going to give them the most likelihood of actually achieving success and having a great experience. Um, and it's always, you know, this is something my team hears me say all the time. There's only two things that keep clients coming back to any type of business and that's client success and that's client experience. Client success, obviously, for my demographic and industry is like, are you actually seeing results? Are you getting stronger? Are you getting leaner? Are you happier? Are you sleeping better? Whatever, right? Client experience is, you know, do I like the coaches? Do I like the gym? Do I like the classes? Do I like the music? Do I like the energy? It's a great experience every single time I'm here. Um, and for me, I wanted to try to find that sweet spot in between both, right? So to kind of go through the little nuts and bolts of everything, like for me, the model was number one. That was the first thing I kind of like co-created of like that was a little bit different than probably well I don't want to say a little bit different I don't know any other gym doing it this way um, personally uh, I loved personal training personal training is something I still do I still have probably 15 clients of you know 15 hours a week of doing personal training um, it's built around the consumer it's built around the client and that's why it is the elite right the downsides of personal training that I noticed is number one financial commitment you're paying a lot more money you're paying 100 200 dollars an hour for this um, and then number two is finding the right fit, right, for your personality, for your goals. If I'm a marathon runner and you're trying to be a bodybuilder, we're not going to be the right fit, right? Um, but then on the other side, group training. For me, CrossFit probably had the biggest impact in that short little, like, time frame that I was doing CrossFit, both as an athlete and as a coach, because the community was probably the coolest part for me. I loved the group environment. That was the first time kind of in that um, that dynamic of that size of class. Um, you get the social aspect, you get the community, you get the support. Um, I'm very competitive. So being around other people pushed me harder. So organic organically got like free accountability. Um, what I hated though, as a coach is when there's one of me and there's 20, 30, 40, 50 of you, you're not really getting any coaching. Right. And that was one thing that we see like Barry's bootcamp has 50 orange theory and F 45 have 30 something. Soul Cycle has 50. Like a lot of these big group training facilities and these very, you know, they're very successful companies, right? Um, worldwide. These are things that I would look at as competitors inside of the, um, like group training space for me that, you know, from, and obviously like yoga and Pilates are still group, but they're like a, just a different style. We're more strength and conditioning. So for me, it was like, okay, well, I want to create this group experience. I want to create this individualized experience that training does. 
how do I do both? And that's how we landed on this 10-2 model, right? It's it's big enough to still give enough energy to give the group vibe. Um, it's small enough, and obviously having more coaches, that you still get a lot of the attention, right? So it's a great gateway from people that are tired of paying too much money at personal training or the people that are tired of getting no coaching from the group side. That's how we landed on the model, right? Then the programming was the next thing that I kind of peeled apart. And the programming for me... Um, I, I thought was one of the coolest things. It was like the key differentiator of like what, what makes us really different. And I always would use the program. One thing I've learned over the last five years is most clients, there's only a select few people and maybe it's probably you guys actually listening to this care about the details and the nuances and all the stuff that goes into programming. Cause programming is an art form. If you really actually do care about it. Um, a lot of trainers just write things to write things. I put a lot of effort into the group classes that we do here, and we write them six weeks at a time. Um, you know, for me, thinking about, like, when I was in physical therapy and CrossFit, is like, how do we find something that gets people to look better, be stronger, be faster, be more flexible, but more importantly, a more sustainable longevity kind of approach to it as well? Because... A lot of programs are great at making people lean or making people strong or making people fast, um, but we don't really take into kind of the sustainability approach behind what we do, and that's a lot of just kind of functional lifestyles as a brand, period. Um, and that's kind of how we landed on this movement-based strength and conditioning program, right? Strength and conditioning is performance-based. Let's get stronger. Let's get faster. Let's build an aerobic capacity. Let's improve it all. Um, and obviously in return of doing those things, most strength and conditioning athletes look pretty good as long as your diet, your stress and your sleep is managed well. Um, the movement base was basically saying, and this was always my favorite argument in the CrossFit community, CrossFit, you know, coaches and people around me at that time when I was working, they used to say like, Hey, this is the most functional approach to training that I know. And my thing was always like, we don't rotate. We don't laterally move, and we don't do a lot of single-leg stuff. So for me, what makes functional lifestyles different than what we would think about with CrossFit or a typical strength and conditioning approach is we do a lot of unilateral training, single-leg, single-arm, single-sided, more rotational movements, more lateral movements, and we keep this influence there on top of the foundation of your typical strength and conditioning. So yes, I'm still squatting and deadlifting and doing these bilateral things and doing a lot of linear motion, but I'm supplementing it. And, you know, adding to the routine things that are actually going to improve sustainability and longevity and more importantly, make you feel better. Um, and I went through this just through personal experience of having a back injury and having a knee injury and realizing that, like, wow, there's got to be a better way to do this. I should not be 20. I was in my early 20s and suffering with serious back injuries and knee injuries already. Um, and that's how I landed kind of on the programming aspect of what we do, right? Is basically saying that, like, yes, there should be a way to get a strong, fast and good looking. But what's a more sustainable way to do this, right? What's a more functional way to do this right and that's kind of how we land on the program and then the last part to kind of functional lifestyles for me it was like there's 168 total hours in a week most people come here three to four times two to four times even let's be more realistic right so if you're coming three hours a week to the gym you have three hours a week of structure taken care of a coach coaching you how to do it a coach pushing you harder than you'll be able to push yourself but you have 165 hours now where you could screw it all up you can eat like crap. You can not train on the days you come to the gym. Your movement can be poor. You have high stress, poor sleep, bad community environment, terrible mindset, all the six dimensions that I preach all the time. And obviously, you're not going to get the success that you're looking for in the gym. And this is why so many people quit the gym. This is why so many people go to different gyms and try to start something new. Um, because we have to look at that it's not necessarily the workout that you're going to. I do believe personally that most gyms, 
um, would work pretty well for most people if they master a lot of the foundational work around it, right? And this is where most of us struggle, right? So that being said, uh, we do check-ins as part of our process at the gym. And this is the thing that really makes us different um, compared to most gyms because when you come here, you're not just going to get the classes and the coaching and the great workouts. You're also going to get someone there to hold you accountable, provide you structure on how to eat, provide you structure on how to manage stress and sleep, give you workouts to do on the days you're not here, really looking at kind of holistically the entire system, right? That's how I landed here, right? And I wanted to provide something that not only was different, something that not only was a little bit more of my spin on what I thought would be best and ideal for people. And I do these workouts myself like that. I'm one of those people that believes and practices what I preach. Um, I noticed that a lot of trainers give their clients different things than what they do. Um, and for me, it's like, I, why would I give you anything different? Let's do the same thing. If I need to modify certain things, let's do it. But um, I have a very gen pop goal. I want to look better. I want to be stronger, faster, and live a long time. Um, I'm not competing. I'm not an athlete. And that's why it's different. You know, and this is why I do the same workouts that our clients do here. Um, but overall, from a business perspective, I really wanted to be able to provide something that um, the, the, the experience side of what I was talking about, everything I just gave you was great for setting up you guys for great success, right? The experience for me is the thing I loved and wanted to create the most and something I'm still always evolving and working on. This is why we do member outings once a quarter. This is why I like to do team events. Um, down the road, I would love a bigger lobby area, somewhere for people to hang out. Like for me, when I first started going out to bars, I was like, man, I love this vibe. It's cool to get all the friends together. This is, you know, drinking is a very social thing for people. Um, it's a very social thing for me. And I was like, how do I create the same experience where maybe that doesn't have the negative side effects of staying out till 2 a.m. or having hangovers? Um, you know, and having that social aspect is something that I uh, created at the gym. And I'm going to continue gym by gym, location by location to better that experience. Um, and obviously inside of what we have here already too, what are the things, what are the things that we can add to create a better experience to the clients? And that's having the best talent coaching wise, which is always going to be a difficult thing in business. Um, it's having, you know, the right energy of classes and music and dynamic of how those things work. And then most importantly, like doing more things for the community on a social aspect, right? Getting the people together. Um, you know, during the pandemic, especially that was the thing I learned the most was like how many people were just so grateful that there was just like the one hour that they could to go see people in real life and communicate and socialize a little bit, do something for themselves. Um, and unfortunately, we live in a world where I, I feel like we're moving towards a more remote style of living and very, we've always been kind of stuck in this rat race. And I don't think the rat race isn't something to demonize. I just think it's something to realize that it's taking away from health on a social aspect, on a mental, emotional aspect, um, and even a physical aspect for some people. Yeah, it might be good for your financial health, but if that's the only thing that's doing good, I don't know if that's something that I would deem as ideal for most people, right? And obviously, these are just my opinions. So that's how I started, right? And just, you know, this is going to be a little bit longer one today because, you know, this means a lot to me. So I just wanted to spend more time talking about it. Now it's like, what did I learn? That was another popular question. Like, what did I learn the most over the course of five years with functional lifestyles? What were the things that were the hardest? What were the hardships, right? Number one, I'm going to jump right into this, was... Customer service in regards to like billing, cancellation, freezes, those kind of things. Uh, one thing I've realized about humans before the business opens is most people change when money's involved, which is sad. Um, you know, morally and prince, like just the principle behind how you act, I don't think should change no matter if there's money involved or not. Uh, and I realized that there was a period probably about two years into the business where I was like, man, 
I'm like not enjoying this right now because you would like just deal with like we only have three simple rules. We have an eight-hour cancellation policy for sessions. We have a three-hour, uh, or sorry, three-day billing policy. So if you need to adjust your membership, cancellation, freeze, upgrade, downgrades, three days, um, and we have a twelve-week commitment, right? So and we get and compared to the industry standard. If anybody knows that, it's very, very, very lenient, right? But in order to have integrity as a business, you need to be able to accommodate. More importantly, follow these rules strictly. Um, and sometimes people forget to do things, right? They're like, oh, I got billed. Can I get a refund? Or I got this. And so I started dealing with some of the billing stuff. Um, and honestly, it started to take a lot of enjoyment out of what I was doing. Um, and I hated it, right? Like I really was like, fuck this. I do not want to do this. Like I just, it was much easier for me to be an employee. The one thing I realized about an employee versus an employer is a lot of the baggage doesn't come home with you, right? When you're an employee, you go to work, you can deal with stuff. You can kind of tell people off every once in a while and kind of speak your mind a little bit because you're kind of an employee. You feel like you have some of that freedom. As an employer, you represent the team. You represent the company. You represent yourself, obviously, as an owner. Um, and you need to be more aware of how you're handling situations. And for me, if anybody knows my personality, I tend to be a little bit more brash. I tend to be a little bit more straight to the point and doing the coddling and the very soft tonage and some of that stuff that happened in billing. So that was like one thing I, I realized. I was like, okay, I need to learn how to delegate better with certain tasks that are actually taking energy away from me, right? I need to figure out, like, what are the things that I can do to provide a lot of value for the company? Uh, but more importantly, that really accommodate my assets and my strengths the best, right? Because if I am good at sales, or I am good at marketing, or I am good at coaching, or I am good at programming, that's where the energy needs to go for me. All the other administration stuff that I've never really had a background in, that I'm really not the personality for it. Um, you could imagine me on customer service for, for on a phone. I'll be tearing people up. Um, so it's just like not my style. So that was one thing I learned is like, you know, delegate the stuff that you're really not good at or passionate at um, because it will pull your energy very, very fast and it's going to make everything else suffer around it. Second thing I learned, and this is probably the biggest thing, honestly, even it's not the first one, but it was the biggest one. Um, management of people. For sure. It is the hardest thing about a business. And this is why I understand why so many tech people think the way they do is how do we build things that are automated and systematized and, you know, take the human error factor out of it or take the human communication factor out of it. Um, obviously for my business, I would never want to do that to a certain extent for things because I think the human element is really what makes the gym a gym experience. So for me, it was like from an employment standpoint, managing other people's kind of, uh, um, how do I say this? Managing other people's, you know, emotions or other things like that. I've dealt with that as a manager, but as an owner, one of the things that I realized that kind of suffered was I thought everybody was thinking like me, right? And as an employer and a manager, it's not how that works, right? So I thought everyone had the same skill sets. I thought everyone thought the same way or wanted to have the same work ethic as me and wanted to push past and work extra hours. Um, and obviously as an employer, that's the farthest thing from the truth because not a lot of people want to work like that. Now they don't want to work as much as you. They're not as passionate as you are. Um, and as any business owner out there, they know that like you will struggle if you think everyone else thinks that way. So learning how to accommodate to the pieces along the way of what makes this person strong and what's their weaknesses, right? And then helping them build systems around their weaknesses and helping them put them in positions to actually accommodate their strengths. Um, this is what makes really successful business people like 
very if they're talented in this space they're great managers right and we see this all the time it doesn't matter if you're a business owner or just a manager if you learn that skill set um you will be very very talented in both business ownership and management right so for me it took me some time because i'm not as good with the emotional babysitting as i thought i was um and i learned very fast that that was another thing that was kind of peeling my energy away it was like oh like this is not, this is dragging it on and I would take it home with me. And so like learning how to, you know, manage people and, uh, emotions and, but more importantly, like how I solved that problem was just like putting the right manager in place. Like having someone, like if I'm going to be good, a bad cop and putting a good cop position, right? Having someone that balances you out as a business owner or a manager in work, I think is a very, very vital piece to your success as work for me. So those are like, for me, those are like the two biggest things that I felt like I struggled with in the gym from an ownership standpoint. Now, things I've learned, um, God, there's so much that goes into this and so much to unpack. For me, I really truly still enjoy this thing as much as I did day one, right? The motivation is just as high. Uh, the pandemic really kicked me hard um, in a little bit of a motivation standpoint, which I think it did to every person, both employee and employer. Um, but I learned a lot on how to run a business, how to manage people, for how to build a business, how to do marketing. I never did marketing ever in my life. Um, you know, how to hire people. I never really did hiring from the start to finish. So there's so many things that I think being a small business owner really like opened the doors for me because I got to learn all these things and I wouldn't trade it any other way. This is why I didn't want to like raise a bunch of money and bring other people on from the start. I'd much rather like be in the trenches doing these things. And I'm five years into the business and I'm still in the trenches. I'm still vacuuming. I'm still fucking making calls. I'm still doing these things. And I don't really think I... Uh, I've, I've learned to manage my time. I think is probably what I would say is the number one thing for me. Like the biggest lesson I've learned and biggest like takeaway for you guys is learn how to properly manage work-life balance and understand that money is a part of the process, just like aesthetics are a part of the process of the gym. Um, and find what's really important to you. Because when I first opened the gym, I sacrificed a lot for the first two years. And that's obviously getting a gym from zero to actually profitable. Um, now I'm at a place where the gym pretty much runs itself um but doesn't mean i'm done right just because the gym runs itself doesn't mean i'm done this is where i realized talking to clients and you know previous business owners where i think a lot of people struggle is because as soon as you get to a place where it's either profitable or you're kind of complacent it's easy to kind of coast i've caught myself multiple times doing that now on the flip side of it another this is i'm not going to use her name or her business but like she used to own an ice cream shop, and the reason why she sold it four years in the business is she was just tired of always fixing things, hiring new people, fixing equipment. I went through that probably about year three and four in the business where I was like, wow, I feel like everything's just breaking down. I was like, people are leaving, the machines are breaking, the floors falling apart, the gyms, you know, so like all these things, and it requires a lot of money, it requires a lot of time, It, you know, it's a very stressful event when it does happen. But those are things that like when you really remind yourself of the why and like what you do for a living and why you do what you do for a living, um, it's easy to write those things out, right? Because they are stressful events, but it's part of the process, right? Like for me, it's like just be aware of what you signed up for, right? Like for me signing up for a business owner, like I realize I'm probably going to do a lot of unpaid work. People highlight gym ownership like or any business ownership like, oh, well, you just get just hire somebody, delegate those things, right? Well, like a lot of small businesses, the reason why they fail is because they run on such a small margin. We don't run on a huge margin, right? So like we need to be able to be really lean and efficient with what we do. 
So I think for me, like the biggest thing to kind of take away that it's really, I've gotten so much better at, which I never was really good, is I always prioritize money over everything, right? It was just like, make money and like everything else will figure itself out. And that's not really true. Like, you need to be able to delegate time for relationships and family. You need to be able to delegate time for your workouts. You need to be able to be more organized. And I think organization is the thing that solved that for me, right? Like Google Calendar is my life now. But I, I put my workouts in my calendar. I put my dates in my calendar. I put my days off. I took my, hey, I need some just alone time. I put everything in my calendar. So learning how to manage that has really made me more successful is appreciating those things and creating work-life balance. As before, I would just kind of be like, I would just shoot from the hip all the time. Like, I'll work out when I have time or I'll hang out with somebody when I have time. Um, and over five years and over the last two or three years, I've really gotten good at it. And it just makes life so much less stressful because, like, you know what's going on today, right? Um, and you, you still have the ability to be flexible and adaptive to what maybe can change in the day. Um, and I think that's probably the number one skill set any business owner can have is the ability to adapt. Um, AKA for those that just went through a pandemic, you understand that. Um, so those are like big takeaways. And the last piece, because I know I've been talking for a while here already is like, what are the goals of functionalized styles? We've completed five years. What do we want to do for the next five years? And so on. Um, I've always wanted three or five locations myself. I've always wanted to have some influence remotely or digitally or socially because I want to be able to reach more people. So ideally, if I were to give you where I'm currently at, I still want three to five locations. Ideally, some in NorCal, maybe in Orange County too, so I can kind of spend time back and forth. Work-life balance is something I want to build into the business in my life on how I do it. And if I take a little bit of a financial cut doing it that way, then so be it. I'd rather just much rather have the life balance. Um and then I want to have a lot of, I want to be able to do more remote stuff, right? I'd spend so much time programming and I do so much time on education that I want to be able to spread that to both, not just clients, not like a typical remote trainer of like, hey, buy my program or sign up for my app. That will be a part of it as well. But more importantly, like I want to be a foundation of education for people. I spend probably three to four hours a day between reading and podcasts and YouTube videos and just just information in general, and I think it's only fair to share that wealth. Just like really rich people helping other people out financially, it's the same thing for like information. Um, it's it's a form of exchange of currency. So being able to help other people. So I would love to do it kind of twofold. I would love to kind of be in the education space for coaches and do maybe certifications or workshops or online courses. And second is really just from a client perspective help more people, give them the structure they need, give them the knowledge they need to be successful, help them, you know, form systems to stay accountable and let the results do the motivating. And, um, because for me, like my purpose in life is to help people and make people happy. Right. I was like, I either want to be a comedian or a gym guy. And like, for me, it's like entertainment, the education, I will always be attracted to that space. So if I were to say goals, few more locations for sure. I have no idea what the brick and mortar does from there. Online education space um, from both client and coaches. And that's kind of where I'm at goal-wise for myself. But other than that, I'm really just enjoying where I'm at. I'm enjoying the ride. Um, very grateful for the five years. Very grateful for the team that I've created. Very grateful for the clients we have. Zero complaints on any level for what I'm doing. Um, no second thoughts. Not like, oh, I think I want to do a different business or I'm done with this. I'm five years into it. I'm just as motivated as I was five years ago, right? All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys listening to this. For those that are, I just kind of wanted to make this a little bit more of a documentation process for myself since I got so many questions on it. Um, and like I said, for those listening to it, very grateful for you guys kind of following the content. I hope, as always, you guys are taking things away from this. Um, and to help me move forward with podcast ideas, send me ideas. Talk to me in the gym. Send me DMs. Send me texts clients give me ideas, all that stuff. It makes it easier for me to deliver content that I know people actually want to listen to because it's an actual problem that you're dealing with, right? 
All right, guys. Well, enjoy the weather. Take care. Have a good weekend.